Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Faith and Family Radio Show. I'm Ryan. I'm here with my lovely wife, Elaine. Yepers. Oh, you wanted me to keep saying stuff. This is like a back and forth type thing, this radio show, is it? Yes. Okay. And I, and oh. I, I told you, you got to talk close to your mic so that we don't have the echo problem that we had with the previous episode. Like this? Should I talk like this into the microphone? That's a little too close. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat the microphone. It smells yummy. I don't know. I'm in a mood today. Because you're nuts. No, it's called being a muniac, and it just happens naturally. You know, you mm. you get married into the family. It's it's like you were born into it. You're you're a nut job. You're a wackadoo. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> we are probably this crazy because we just got back from Ohio Fire and had a wonderful time with a lot of close friends, and they're all a bunch of wackadoos too. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> I I think that's a prerequisite for. Someone who is interested in biblical evangelism is you have to be a wackadoo. That's right. Where, where did the term wackadoo come from anyway? I don't know. I think I I might have just made it up. Okay. So but don't quote me. <laughs> wackadoo. Yeah. Anywho. So yeah, Ohio Fire. It was it was awesome. And it's a great um, opportunity, not only to fellowship, which we did a ton of that um, with a bunch of our friends from out of town, but it's also great, great teaching. And the theme this year was all about kind of standing on God's Word, right, honey? Yes, standing on the Word of God, ensuring that that is our our truth that we stand upon. So Ohio Fire was wonderful, a lot of great times. We've gone the past few years. We recommend you go if you're in the area and have the opportunity. Um, another thing that's kind of big news for us is we might possibly be relocating soon. No, no, no. We're not going to like, you know, Mexico or China or any place out of the country. This is like an hour away. But, um, the reason behind our possible relocation is kind of exciting, isn't it, honey? You, you're not going to reveal the, the secret, are you? Is it a secret? It, it's kind of a secret because it's not in, set in stone yet. Okay. Well, I, I won't reveal too much then. Okay. But, but it's really exciting. And, uh, keep going to Facebook and on our website for updates and maybe, maybe you'll see our secret come do, out. Do you want to give them a hint? We can give them a hint. Well, why don't you give them a, a hint? Because I'm worried I'll give too much away. Okay. It deals with a really big boat. Ooh, that, uh, you know, it's kind of a good hint, but kind of a bad hint at the same time. So maybe that's the, the perfect hint then. Stay close to the mic. That's a lot of echo you got going on there. Quit talking. Uh, giving me direction while we're trying to do a radio show. That's the best part about recording a radio show is we <laughs> no, can edit no. the direction out no, so no, that no. you actually sound no. decent as a radio star. I sound decent regardless. <laughs> I make this, yo. <laughs> On the next episode of Faith and Family Radio Show, Elaine Pride. is no longer on the show. <laughs> Go to faithfamilyradio.com for more. Anywho. Okay. Um, Sarah is going to be starting school officially soon. That's pretty exciting. I mean, she's been doing the homeschool thing for a while, but this is like actual curriculum, officially enrolling her, all of that stuff. So 
Woo-hoo. Yeah, and I looked at the curriculum and already I'm a little bit intimidated and feel like some of it's over my head and I can't believe that I'm being challenged by kindergarten materials. <laughs> it's a little uh, sobering, <laughs> humbling. <laughs> and I feel a little um, broke because homeschooling is expensive. It sure is. But you know what? We've got some good resources, I think, for the kids. And I think it's really going to help them reach their potential, which is really what we want. And it's cool. You know, we're going to teach them God's word at the same time. So. Amen. (laughs) In addition to all the school stuff, we're still kind of just adjusting to taking care of four kids now. I mean, been seven months and it's finally starting to feel like maybe we're, we're getting in in the swing of things a little bit. I don't know about that. <laughs> but um speaking about the kids, you know, it reminds me of what we're talking about with the show. You know, our kids, we are are their first loves right now. But we hope to show them that the one they should love the most is God. And that's kind of um where our the direction our show is going to take today is about God being our first love. Which goes along with the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Put him first in all things. That's right. So, very important subject. Hope you'll be encouraged and strengthened. Um, would you say that God is your first love, honey? How would you describe your relationship with God in in regards to this? He is not my first love. As much as I hate to say that, I will say that I wish he were my first love. Unfortunately, the Bible does make it clear that nobody, aside from Jesus Christ, has kept the first commandment in its entirety. And I'm ashamed to say that he is not always number one in my thoughts Mm -hmm. and in my life. Mm -hmm. But I know that, thanks be to God, he has forgiven me of that in spite of my sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, as I was preparing the final touches of the show, I was reminded of the section in Revelation where Jesus is talking to one of the churches and says, you have lost your first love. And to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, honey, I believe the verse it's talking about is a body of believers, like truly converted believers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's talking to a, a church. So... Um, we see right there that they had lost sight of their first love and how, you know, if, if they can, and this was, you know, shortly after the resurrection of Christ, you know, this wasn't too far into after he had risen and ascended, then, you know, I think we need to be careful to think that we can't stumble in this way. Right. No, that's totally true. You know, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of this standard. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to, to not have God fighting for first, especially as a parent mm-hmm. and a spouse. We, the world teaches us that our children come first, then our spouse, and then maybe, you know, our faith. Mm-hmm. And so it is hard because that's typical of the world and of Satan is to make things backwards. Mm-hmm. You're right. You see that. that you see that with the creation account, uh, as displayed by the evolutionists, is everything is kind of backwards. Mm-hmm. You're right. I didn't even think about that. 
But um, so I think in my life, oftentimes I have different areas fighting for first and God and my children and my husband. And and even there are times when I put myself first and that's when I fall into sin. Um, so it's dangerous territory. Obviously, we the goal is that God would be our first love, that we would love him above all else and that we would love him deeper and deeper as we go through our Christian walk. Now, honey, do you ever think about God in a way that has moved you to love him more? Have you ever, can you think of moments where you were just like pondering who God is or what he's done and just felt like a deeper sense of love and appreciation for him? Yes. And it is typically when I'm thinking about the gospel and what he has done Mm -hmm. for me, even though I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, after I've sinned, I, I come to him in repentance and I just, I realize how loving he is and how unworthy I am of his love. Mm-hmm. And that makes me love him more or desire him more mm-hmm. because of his great love for me. Yes, he does. He has a perfect love for us in spite of our imperfection. And it's truly amazing and humbling when we think about the attributes of God, who he is and who we are, and the fact that he has mercy and grace and compassion for us because we do not deserve one bit of his mercy. And he would be totally just to just let us all burn for eternity. And he doesn't. Amen. And not only that, he takes us out of our sin. We're no longer in bondage to it. He rescues us in that sense. And he doesn't just give us eternal life. We have so many blessings on earth. Um, that, yeah, I mean, it's just, if you sit there and meditate on his love and his grace and his kindness, you can't help but be moved by it when you truly understand it. Um, there are, those who have trials in their life and and it makes them question God's love, especially if they don't know God. But um, as a believer, even in those moments, we can see God's kindness in those and just be so grateful and thankful for what he does in those moments. And to truly realize that he is blessing us and growing us even in the harshest of circumstances. Amen. So how do you know you love him, honey? Is it because you've got fuzzy feelings deep down? Or? No, no, that's not it at all. And I would even say that that's not real love in the world. Mm-hmm. That That's false love. You know, that that's what the world wants you to believe love is, is some fuzzy feeling deep inside. No. How do I know I love God? Because I hate sin. Mm-hmm. I hate my sinfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I still sin, as any Christian would admit to, we still sin. The Bible says in First John that if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us. We're liars when we're calling God a liar. But I know I love God because I hate sin. In spite of the fact that I still commit sin, when it happens, after it happens, I regret it. I hate the fact that I have sinned against a holy, righteous, loving God, Mm -hmm. a God that has saved me, a God that died for me. Mm -hmm. In spite of that, Mm -hmm. he still loves me. And that I hate my sin Mm -hmm. even more. 
and I think that it would be a good standard is to say the more you hate sin, mm -hmm. the more you love God. Mm -hmm. And not in a way of, um, I want to say like the Westboro Baptist types where you're, you're using um, hate speech and derogatory terms towards people who are in sin, but to hate the sin that has come into the world that is so clearly an affront against God and um, to just hate anything that is uh, contrary to the nature of God, who God is. He's perfect and holy and righteous. So anything contrary to that goes against him and his will and his nature. And it's just, yeah, it's a, uh, that's one good way to tell that you love God. And I think another way is a desire is not only a hatred for sin, but a desire to do that, which is right mm -hmm. to, and to serve God. Um, you know, before we became Christians, we had no desire to serve the Lord, to sacrifice for the Lord. Um, no concern for, for the souls of others. I think when you get saved, though, that when your heart is changed, you desire those things um, deeply. You desire to be um, holy and live holy and to be a light for the world. So. Well, coming up on today's show of the Faith and Family Radio Show, we're going to tell you how you can cultivate a deeper love for God. We're going to talk about how churches don't obey God's word and they don't show a love for God, but rather they show more of a love for sin. We're also going to talk about what the Bible says regarding loving God. And finally, we're going to have a little game, Name That Heretic. We'll be right back on the Faith and Family Radio Show. If you're looking for a conference where you can be trained on biblical evangelism and street-level apologetics, especially on questions regarding biblical creation, we have just the conference for you. Our list of speakers is Pastor Andrew Rappaport from Striving for Eternity Ministries, Dr. Anthony Sylvester Jr. from Creation Revival Ministries, and Ricky Gantz from G220 Ministries and the G220 Radio Host. There will be a free lunch and free registration for those who are registered by April 15th. Go to www.rememberedministries.org to register. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show with my mommy and daddy, Elaine and Ryan Uniac. Today we are talking about loving God more than anything, putting God first. And some of you may be asking, how do I do that? How do I, as my husband put earlier, cultivate a deeper love for God? Well, I think there are a couple of ways that we can work on this. Um, I think the first thing is to make sure that we belong to him, that we're saved, that we've truly been regenerated. Um, if we haven't been saved by him, can we really love him? This is a kind of a, you know, some people may think this is a trivial point, but I think it's a very important one. Um, Ryan and myself were false converts for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, thinking that or claiming that we loved God and really our hearts were far from the Lord. So self-examination is very important in cultivating a deeper love for God. The book of first John is a great book. If you want to examine yourself to see if you are in the faith as it offers many, many, many verses on the matter. Um, you know, also one of the reasons we say that you can't love God without being saved is the Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Mm-hmm. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Uh, that was Psalm 53. None of us seek after God. Therefore, none of us love the one true God before we're saved. Mm -hmm. It is only after our salvation that we can even attempt Mm -hmm. to love God, the one true God. And to love him in the way that is right, to love him for who he is. When we were false converts, we loved a false notion of God, a God that was okay with our sin and just wanted to give us a ticket to heaven where we could hang out with our family forever and probably sin there. Right. So, I think a lot of people have a false notion of heaven that, you know, they paint this pretty picture in their head and they say, oh, it'll be like this and it'll have this and that. But the one thing they don't want there is the God of the Bible Hmm. because they hate God. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing they don't want there. And that's the one thing that we're all going to get when we get there is God, his fullness, his presence, Mm -hmm. his glory. And if we truly love him, we won't get enough of him. That'll be enough for us for eternity is just him. So maybe you're saying, okay, I've examined myself. I know I'm saved. Now what? Well, get to know him. Get into your Bible. Start reading about who God is, not just what the church is telling you he is. Because we've been in several churches that portray him just exactly as Ryan and I described, this God who's okay with sin and is just a ticket to heaven and who's a... Um, a big genie in the sky doing whatever you want him to do for you. A big genie, a big softy. He, he's a non-threatening kind of Jesus, you know? That, a Jesus that's okay with your sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, you committed adultery 15 times on your wife in the past six months and you've only been married for four months? That's okay. We all make mistakes. Jesus still loves you. So really dig into the word. Learn about how to read his word appropriately. Get a study on biblical interpretation. Hermeneutics is the fancy word if you want to look it up. I'm not going to spell it, though. (laughs) I know, Ryan, you were looking at me like, are you going to spell that for the people? I'm not. I'm sorry, folks. I can't. (laughs) There's actually a a great resource called Herman Who Mm -hmm. by Todd Friel of Wretched Radio. Mm -hmm. And that really clearly explains hermeneutics and and how to understand the Bible. Exactly. So there's that. um, R.A. Torrey has a book, I believe, called How to Study the Bible that we've read. Mm -hmm. Good resource. Um, So yeah, it's so important that we read his word in the right way because we spent years, you know, when we would open our Bibles, reading it in the wrong way, twisting the scriptures to make it say what we wanted um, just to find evidence for the things that we want, that we were in favor of. And, you know, that sort of, uh, biblical study or, you know, the closing your eyes and pointing to a verse. I did that quite a few times. Yep. Um, that's not how you're supposed to read the Bible, folks. <laughs> right. Um, and Jeremiah 29 11 should not be your life verse. You're not the nation of Israel. <laughs> so get to know him by reading his word. And there is a lot on God's attributes on who he is. And, you know, what he's done, get to know him. And also spend time with him. Spend time in prayer. Such an important discipline. These are, to me, one of two of the most important disciplines um, in our spiritual walk. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of people that hear that and they're like, oh, that sounds great. I don't know how to do that. 
how do I pray? Mm -hmm. Well, it's really quite simple. Open your mouth and talk to God. But we also want to make sure that we're approaching him in a way that's appropriate. We don't want to approach God like he's our buddy, like he's a genie, like you said. We want to approach him with reverence. This is a holy and righteous God. And look at the people in the Bible. When they came into the presence of the Lord, they were undone. They did not come to him flippantly, um, acting like a bunch of fools and talking to him like Joe Blow off the street. I mean, this is the God of the universe. Yes, we can come before him boldly and we can have sweet communion with him, but we need to do it his way, not our way. Yes, and one little pet peeve I have, and I know others have it, is you don't need to say God, Lord, Jesus 50 million times while you pray. Talk to him like you would talk to a person. You know, for example, if I were to say, honey, I just, honey, love you so much, Elaine, honey, you are, honey, my love, honey, I I love you so much, baby, honey, Elaine, honey, I love you, honey. It makes no sense. Why would you talk to the God of the Bible that way? Not that they're sinning when they do it. It's just a pet peeve, like you said, right, honey? I it's not a sin. disagree somewhat. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. Uh, someone actually brought this to my attention is you are on the verge of taking his name in vain okay. by doing that because you are saying it so often, so repetitiously mm-hmm. where it has no meaning that it's to the point of taking his name in vain. What if the people who do that do have meaning? That that's their way of drawing near to the, to the Lord is to call him by name. It's like people who like to call him Abba. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you want, you can use his name. But I would say make sure there's meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And don't use it as a way to grow emotional mm-hmm. in your prayer time. No, definitely you, you see not. A lot of times with the charismatic movement, you'll yeah. see them doing various repetitions to enhance the emotion of Mm -hmm. prayer. That's very true. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point, honey. Um, But we got to move on. We're short on on time. Yeah. So one other thing that we can do to cultivate a deeper love for God is to exalt him to others or to proclaim him to others, share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Do you know, um, I just want to talk for one minute about our friend Lisette. Mm -hmm. You know, She is a person who truly shows her love for God by exalting him in her day-to-day conversation. Yes, she does. This is a woman who cannot but speak the name of Jesus, and I love it. She makes me want to read my Bible, go pray, just know more about God. And, and just worship him more, just being with her, because that's how, how much she lifts him up and not herself. And I, I just love it. And I, I felt like I couldn't talk about this without mentioning her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are many people in, in our lives that can fill that. Yes. You know, there's people who will, you know, it's like every word that comes out of their mouth is scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, so, not that they can't talk about you know the day to day things, but what? yeah, everything always comes back. It's it's like that that weave in the conversation. It's always somehow going to point back to Christ, and I love that. Amen. <laughs> so exalt Christ, exalt God, mm-hmm. share Him with others. Mm-hmm. You know, 
one of the times that I feel the closest with God is when I am out doing his will, when I am Mm -hmm. out sharing the gospel with people, when I'm proclaiming his truth to the masses, Mm -hmm. whether it's one-to-one or open-air preaching or getting interviews for Witness Radio, Mm -hmm. I I feel close to him because I'm sharing him with others. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how when we talk about what he's done, how that does something to our hearts. It makes us just in the moment think about him and love him and worship him in our hearts. And it's just, it is, it's wonderful. And it also is an opportunity for others to get to know him and love him. Mm-hmm. Come to the Big Apple to learn how you can share and defend your faith biblically. Use your training to witness to people from all walks of life in places like Times Square, Battery Park, Chinatown, even even on the subway. subway. Repentant Witness will push you to the limit from August 4th through the 7th. Register today at RepentantWitness.com to secure a spot. Sign up by May 10th and travel costs while you're in New York will be included for free. Are you ready for the ultimate mission trip? Go to RepentantWitness.com right now because space is very limited. When the world is looking at our churches, in particular in America, because that's where we live, that's really our biggest frame of reference, um, do they see a group that clearly loves God? And that's a pretty serious question to ask, and then to examine that question a little bit deeper. Um, what I see in a lot of American churches are uh, professing Christians who do not obey God's word. And mm-hmm. I mean, we see that um, with the the churches that are promoting abortion, um, right. which we're seeing that increasing in our country. Um, they also promote other uh, sins like homosexuality, transgenderism. Mm-hmm. They welcome people who are living in sin with open arms. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't show love to the lost souls out there in the world, but we should do it with the goal of sharing the gospel with them so that they would be saved and turn away from the lifestyle of sin they are in. Exactly. And you know, they're trying to be loving, but I almost think it's the most unloving thing that we as Christians could do is to not address the sin. Yes, because then they're going to hell. It's like, oh, it's okay that you're committing various acts of sinfulness. We we still love you. We still accept you here at this church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to hell when you die, but we're not going to talk about that. That's depressing. But do you know what that is? That is a fear of man taking precedence over what's supposed to be a love for God and a love for others. I don't know that it's necessarily a fear of man, more yeah. too much of a love for man mm-hmm. and a love for the world. Mm-hmm. I think fear of man in the sense of, I don't want to mention sin. You know, they, they, they already know they're sinners. I, I don't have to bring that up. Just love on, love them into the kingdom. Isn't that a phrase we've heard a mm-hmm. few times? <laughs> love them into the kingdom and it'll be okay. And that's what, uh, drums up all those false conversions is people just loving on others. And I'm not saying a love is wrong. Love. Yeah. But, Acting, you know, lovey-dovey, saying, God loves you. Jesus died for you without even mentioning sin, without even mentioning why Christ died on the cross, things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely is not showing the world that we love God and we love others. So rather than standing on God's word, we're seeing churches buckling and adapting to the culture. I mean, that's what's prevalent in our culture today. Abortion is 
oh my goodness. Uh, I think New York has a 50-50 rate for abortion. Half babies that are that come into the world, uh, you know. Half the babies that are conceived yes, are aborted. Exactly. And um it's just insane homosexuality. Uh, that is the floodgates have opened in our country with that. And it's not you you can't just um make it legal. You have to affirm it. You have to celebrate it. Right. And, and if you talk against it, we'll fine you, we'll throw you in jail, we will mock you, we will ridicule you, we will persecute you, and as soon as they pass the law, we will kill you. And see, the churches, we're just going along for the ride. It's sad. Um, another thing is we're not practicing church discipline. We are not looking at, you know, we've talked about how we don't address sin. And I think even in the churches that are preaching on sin, a lot of them aren't practicing church discipline when they see sin happening. Um, mm-hmm. And again, if if you love God, if you love others, you should want to do this because this is a biblical practice. You know, the Bible teaches that we are to address sin and we're to do it in the hope of restoring one another. Right. Not to take that down a legalistic approach. No. Where we're saying you have to do this, 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 and this exactly, or you're not saved. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, like we had various run-ins in the past with people like wearing, women have to wear skirts or they're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Chapter and verse, please. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, if it's not based on the Bible, it's not biblical discipline. Mm-hmm. But there is biblical discipline. Matthew chapter 18 mm-hmm. goes into that. Exactly. And church members also aren't evangelizing. I mean, with all that we're talking about going on in our churches, shouldn't our actions be showing others what we love? And if this is what we're seeing and what the world is seeing, it's not a love for God. It's a love for sin. It's a love for man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a video that we have uh, really just displays this to a T. It's the Adventures of Roman and George. You know, the very first episode where they this guy goes to a church for an evangelism conference, mm-hmm. and he's the only guy that shows up. Exactly. And I mean, that's just, sadly, that's what our churches are in in America. I can't, like I said, I can't speak for all the others, but you know, we look at that and we don't see a love for God. We see a bunch of false converts sitting in a pew and it's more of a social club, more of a positive message um, type situation, you know, but God's word's not preached and the people are not living holy lives. There's something wrong with this picture. Yes. And one thing I've noticed is with churches, instead of showing how much they love God mm-hmm. and trying to conform to the image of God, mm-hmm. instead they're doing the opposite, going back to what we were talking about a while ago with Satan, how mm-hmm. he does things backwards. Yeah. Instead of showing their love for God, they show their love for man, and they try to conform to the image of man. That's Mm -hmm. why you see more and more churches looking like nightclubs instead of churches. Because they want to be relevant to the world rather than honor and please God. Right. If you're relevant to the world, you're not relevant to God. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen. And you know on Judgment Day, it's not going to matter 
you know, that you were pleasing in the eyes of all these, these people and got them into your church and got them, uh, sitting in those pews for 20 years. It's not going to mean anything. What's going to matter is where your heart is. Did you love God and serve him? Did you repent of your sin? And, you know, a lot of people are going to be ashamed on judgment day when they stand before Christ. A lot of professing Christians. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus addresses this issue. It's where people will say, Lord, did we not do all these things on your behalf? And he will say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Talk about the scariest words ever spoken. Yeah. But I don't want to make it sound like every single church out there is like that. There are no. churches that show clearly that they love God. And I I don't our want to sound prideful. Well. Our church is one of them. Hyde Park Baptist Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. We see so many people in our church sharing the gospel, speaking to one another about God, praying with one another. Um, it's so, it's such a beautiful thing because there are so few churches that, you know, when you find a church like ours, it truly is a blessing and you want to hold on to it so tight. And, and it is heartbreaking to know our pastors has to, is being called away, but he's going to Africa to hang with Vody. But I mean, again, that shows his love for God. He yeah. wants to do what is uh, what God would have him to do and to, to share Christ with others and to help other pastors to share Christ and teach God's word um, on a solid foundation. So, it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want it to seem like there is no good churches out there, but it can get discouraging when the majority is um, unbiblical, is not seeking after um, God and what his word says. So. Mm-hmm. One website that we use that has been encouraging to us is ninemarks.org. That's the number nine, marks, M-A-R-K-S, dot O-R-G. Mm-hmm. And they have... You know, a church finding service where you can look and see if you have, if you have any of these nine marks churches in your area. Mm-hmm. But say you don't have anything listed in your area. It also gives you the nine marks of a healthy or mm-hmm. biblical church mm-hmm. that you can use as you are searching for churches. You can test these mm-hmm. churches like the Bereans tested the apostles mm-hmm. the and, and make sure that what these churches are teaching and preaching is true, is right, is biblical. Mm-hmm. So ninemarks.org, we highly encourage that website. Yes. Coming up on Faith and Family Radio, we're going to talk a little bit more about what the Bible says about loving God, having him be first. Don't forget to go to the Faith and Family Radio Show website, faithfamilyradio.com, for more episodes and information. This is Faith and Family Radio. There are things that cause the heart to wonder. Awe-inspiring things that can't be explained. That you never thought you would see. After more than 4,000 years, it's your moment to encounter the Ark. The voyage begins again, July 7. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty of this subject, and we are going to 
dive a little bit into the Bible. So John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So we see, just as we were talking about earlier, how when we are obedient to God's word, when we are living in a way that um, is pleasing to the Lord, we're obeying his word, um, it's evidence of our love for him. Yes, it is. You know, I can say I love a person, but if I don't, it, you know, I can say I love my husband, but if I don't do what he asks of me, I, I never give him any regard. People are going to start to question that, that love. Um, they're going to be like, does she really love him? I mean, she really kind of doesn't do anything for him, doesn't desire to know him, to never serve him. Never talks about him. Never talks about him. I mean, uh, there's there's a problem here. Um, and I think what we talk about, what we spend our time doing is evidence of where our hearts are. If we like to go to baseball games all the time and watch the games on, on TV and get books about baseball, I mean, that kind of says we have an, an interest in the subject, right? <laughs> right. You know, a, a good test to see how someone how much someone loves something mm -hmm. is to look at their social media page, mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter. What are they always mentioning the most? I would also say, what are they never talking about too? Yeah. Um, because there are Christians, professing Christians on my page, and I never see them talk about Christ. And it really makes me concerned. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that they can't be saved, but it definitely... Um, makes me wonder why aren't they talking more about the things of God mm -hmm. and not in a way that's, you know, look at how religious I am. Right. You know, we don't want to go that route either. That, that's the other extreme. So yeah. Um, but keeping his commandments, it shows that we love him. And what are his commandments, honey? <laughs> well, number one is to love God, put him number one. Number two would be don't Bow down to false idols. Don't make a fake God to suit yourself. Mm -hmm. Number three is to uh, not take the Lord's name in vain. vain. Use his name like a curse word. Mm -hmm. Number four, remember the <laughs> Sabbath. And if you are familiar with Hebrews, you will know that Jesus is our Sabbath. We, we don't have to uh, keep a certain day, but we should be resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If we're not doing that, then we are breaking the Sabbath. Number five is honor your father and mother. Number six, do not murder. Number seven, do not commit adultery. adultery. Number eight, do not steal. Number nine, do not lie. Number 10, do not covet. Wow, it's like you have those memorized or something. <laughs> <laughs> Family worship with the kids. Yeah, I, they've got it down too. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, and, and we're not saying to keep, like, again, it's not to keep his commandments in a legalistic form or, or that you have to keep all the laws of the Old Testament to be a Christian. It's not what we're saying. We're saying that a person who loves God wants to obey God, plain and simple, not in a way that earns us any sort of favor, but just because we're grateful for what he's done. We know that he knows best. Mm -hmm. We desire to do his will, mm -hmm. even though we don't always do his will. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So moving on to the gospel of Mark now, we're going to talk about uh, a man who was demon possessed. This is Mark chapter five, starting in verse 18. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said, 
said to him, go to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Now, the reason why um, I chose this verse is that we see a man who had been demon possessed. Jesus healed him. And then, you know, he was healed because Jesus has that capability. He's fully God, fully man. Um, and he begged him that he might be with him. And that just showed me this man loved Christ and was grateful for what Christ had done. But even, even in there, we see Christ saying, no, go and tell your loved ones what I have done. And he did. He obeyed Jesus. Mm. So, I mean, he's begging to be with Christ and then he goes and obeys him. To me, that shows a repentant heart that is grateful for all that he has been given, the mercy that God has shown him. It shows that he is loving Jesus Mm -hmm. because he's doing what he said to do. Exactly. So that was just one little snippet of scripture that I saw and was, I just kind of marveled at it a little bit that this man who at one moment is totally in uh, bondage to demon possession and the next minute is just worshiping the Lord and just, and grateful for what he's done. Um, so why do we love God? Well, scripture tells us why we should love God, why we do love him because One, because he first loved us. It wasn't that we became lovable and then he chose to love us because that's not possible. Right. (laughs) We're not lovable creatures. In in fact, it says in Romans 5, 8, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. He loved us first and he died for us before we even uh, knew him, before we loved him, before we served him. He did this. What an amazing God. Isn't that a God that is worthy of love and worship? The fact that he doesn't turn us all to dust and or have us burn for eternity. Every single one of us deserves that. That is our just desserts to burn for eternity. Right. We all deserve hell. Mm -hmm. But in spite of that, God gave us grace. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that if we commit one sin, we've committed all. We've broken them all. James 2.10, yeah. So the fact that he gives us breath, even the unbelievers that he gives them breath shows that he is a merciful God. And not only that, he's blessed us abundantly. He's given us our life. He gives us eternal life. He gives us our family. We have the beauty of his creation. We can look out our windows and see what he has made and and. And that's Nothing. A, that's a fallen world. That's a world that is not perfect, <laughs> yeah. and it's still beautiful. Exactly. I mean, we were just talking to each other on the drive home from Ohio Fire this past weekend, mm-hmm. looking out at all the beauty that mm-hmm. is God's creation on the way home. All the green, all the flowers, even the the, the animals we saw. We saw a lot of cows. <laughs> there were a lot of a cows. Lot of cow. We were in cow country. <laughs> um but yeah, he is, I mean, we've been blessed with his word that we're not left in the dark as sinners just to burn forever, but he's given us the knowledge of himself and what is required for man to be saved. And he's given us other believers. What a blessing that is that we are not alone as Christians. Because imagine, honey, in the world we're living in, if you were the only Christian. That would be a very lonely world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so discouraging, I would imagine. 
we just encourage you get into the Bible, do a topical search. Um, we're not in favor of that for our regular study, but I mean, Hey, if you want to learn a little bit more about this, take a break from your, your going through the Bible, uh, reading plan and, and look at this a little bit more. Right. Doing a topical search is okay at times, but typically you want to go expository or expositional, where you're going through verse by verse, verse, making sure that you're getting everything in context. You know, when we don't look at the context of verses, then we get people who say, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, talks about working out. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And we when we come back, we are going to play a little game called Name That Heretic. (laughs) I think she's excited to play the game. A little bit. (laughs) We'll be right back with more Faith and Family Radio. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Well, hello again, friends. It's time for Name That Heretic, the game show where you get to name a heretic who is preaching false doctrine. Today, we have our contestants, Elaine and Ryan. Wow. Just just wow, honey. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> this was your idea. I'm just the announcer voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun. I mean, aside from you being a whack job. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do Prerequisite is... Prerequisite for being a muniac. I know, I know. But what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game called Name That Heretic, as my husband explained. And we are going to give each other quotes from some false teacher. And the other person has to guess who the false teacher is. And then we're going to talk about what the what's wrong with the teaching in the quote. So... We've got five quotes collected, and Ryan, I think I'm going to have you go first since I have more quotes for you than you for me. <laughs> okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen in the listening audience, feel free to chime in yourself while listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Go to Facebook or Twitter and leave your comments and let us know if you can name that heretic. Okay, you listening? I am listening. All right. I am all ears. Okay, here we go. Except for the mouth (laughs) and the eyes and the rest of my body. Do you want the quote? I do. Okay. (laughs) The Bible says that wealth is stored up for the righteous. However, it will remain stored up until you claim it. Therefore, claim it now. You possess the ability to seize and command wealth and riches to come to you. Exercise that power by speaking faith-filled words words daily and taking practical steps to eradicate debt. Like God, you can speak spiritual blessings into existence. Remember, doubt keeps silent, but faith speaks. Oh, that that's easy. <laughs> that's obviously John MacArthur. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny Mac. <laughs> we know that's not you. Okay. All right, you ready for your choices? Oh, I, it's multiple choice. Yes, you get three choices. Oh, okay. I, I thought I had to guess... All, all on my own. No, there. no, no, no. Okay, I'll give that it, makes this easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it narrows it down a little bit. So we've got A, 
Creflo Dollar. B. T.D. Jakes. C. Kenneth Copeland. D. All of the above. No, 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 no. No? No. no? Okay. My guess would be Creflo Dollar. And why do you think it's Creflo? <laughs> because the dude wants a $65 million jet, and if he ain't talking about making money rain, he ain't getting no $65 million jet. You are correct. Yeah! That was Creflo Dollar, that one. <laughs> Good. I uh, know my heretic. Oh my goodness. So what's what's wrong with what he said, honey? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> so at the very beginning he talked about wealth is laid up for the righteous. Mm-hmm. And that actually is in the Bible, Proverbs thirteen twenty two. Mm-hmm. Says a good man leaves his I'm sorry, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Mm-hmm. So even with him stating what he did, it's grossly out of context mm-hmm. because the wealth that is talked about here is not monetary. Yep. But he goes on to give a bunch of gobbledygook <laughs> that is nowhere in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So he misuses part of a verse, not even a whole verse, but part of a verse, Mm -hmm. and then goes off on a little tangent about money. Mm -hmm. Wait, you mean you can't speak it into existence, claim that for yourself? No. And (laughs) if I were face-to-face with him, I would ask him, chapter and verse, please? Well, he uses scripture. That's that's he. I think he opens his Bible slightly more than Joel Osteen, but <laughs> as we can see, um, his uh, biblical interpretation's a wee bit off. Right. He probably takes the verse about the wings of an eagle and applies that to a sixty-five million dollar jet. Right. See, the Bible says wings of an eagle. That is the, what I'm gonna name my jet. You need to sow that seed so that I can have my wings of an eagle. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think we should probably move on. Are yeah. you ready for the next quote? I don't darling? know. I mean, you, you answered that pretty quickly. I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs> but you know what? When I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> Maybe I'll grow a little bit with my wrong answers. Oh, dear. There we, just bring it. Bring it. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Anyone who tells you to deny yourself is from Satan. Is it Joyce Meyer, Paula White, or Joel Osteen? I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say Paula White. Oh, she got it. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to sound super smart or super spiritual. I know that because that's one of your quotes. <laughs> so as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, this is not pre-done. We don't no. actually know each other's answers. And... Hopefully that's not going to hurt us in the long run because now Elaine's got to find a whole new quote for me. I do, and I will. (laughs) So while you're looking for that new quote, Mm -hmm. honey, why is Paula White wrong? Well, because Jesus himself said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. If she's saying that whoever says to deny self is of Satan, she's basically doing what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did, which is ascribing God um, and his works to the devil. Mm. I mean, that that should be biblical teaching 101 when you're a quote-unquote preacher. One thing that I really despise about this quote, she says, anyone who tells you to deny yourself is from Satan. She is saying Jesus is from Satan. Mm-hmm. 
if she is saying that Jesus is Satan, essentially, mm-hmm. who is she serving? Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's not the biblical Jesus. Right. Should you follow her, Paula White? No. Okay. The reason people lose their healing is because they begin questioning if God really did it. Your choices are Todd Bentley, Paul Crouch, Benny Hinn. Hmm. This one's a little tougher, a little tougher, but I am going to say the Sith Lord, Benny Hinn. I'm going to have to get harder ones. Like, I'll have to get false teachers you've never even heard of. Like, who's that? Be like, exactly. Try and answer that. (laughs) (laughs) So what's wrong with the reason people lose their healing is because they begin questioning if God really did it? Well, because that puts the miracle work upon the person and not upon God. Mm -hmm. God is the one that does any healing, not people. So whether or not you have tons of faith or zero faith Mm -hmm. makes no difference. If God wants to heal you or wants to heal someone else, he will, regardless of your faith. That's right. I mean, it never, we never see that in scripture of, oh, oh, you lost your faith and now you're going to go back to being a cripple. Like you never see that. The only time, and I think this is where they try and compare it to, is when Jesus and Peter are in the water standing, and Peter starts to um, become fearful, and he starts to sink in the water, mm-hmm. and Jesus says something to the effect of, you of little faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they get that verse from and build that whole doctrine around it. They probably go to and then another verse about, you know, if you have enough faith, you can move mountains. Mm-hmm. And go, your faith has healed you kind of thing. Right. But it's you know, still... I think it's interesting that none of these faith healers mm-hmm. have moved any mountains. That is. <laughs> well, it's just the same reason why they um, pay for their healing services and then don't go into hospitals and heal all those children that have cancer. Right. It's ridiculous. Yes. And going back to Benny Hinn, the reason I called him Darth Lord or uh, Sith, Sith Lord... Benny is uh, because of a video of Benny Hinn out there on YouTube. We'll we'll link to it in the show notes, where someone did some great After Effects or CGI to make him (laughs) look like he's got a lightsaber and he's using uh, the force on people. And it is hilarious Mm -hmm. and sad at the same time because someone could actually do that with how he does his services. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyway, Elaine, are you ready to name that heretic? Bring it on. All right. This false teacher once said, Our alms and offerings open the heavens. Tabitha's good works and charitable deeds cause God to raise her from the dead. That's one reason God does miracles today. Charitable giving. Was this Creflo Dollar? T.D. Jakes or Todd Bentley? You know, I'm leaning towards Creflo Dollar. Just, I think it's because the dollar is in his name. (laughs) (laughs) So immediately if you hear money, you're like, that's got to be dollar. (laughs) So I'm going to go with dollar, but it could very well be any of those. You're wrong. Oh. The false teacher that said that was Todd 
Bentley. Oh, I kind of thought that too, because he is very like open the heavens and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Elaine, what is wrong with that statement? Well, I would say where in scripture do we see that example of where someone gave money and because of that they were healed? Mm. We don't see that. We see Jesus even telling the disciples, um, as you've been given freely give kind of mentality, like not to go out seeking monetary gain, but to go and perform miracles and proclaim the gospel. That's right. So... So we also see that with this, and this is typical of the word of faith and faith healers and the prosperity gospel message false teachers, mm-hmm. is the focus is on you, you doing things. Mm-hmm. If you do this, then God can bless you. But if you don't, God can't bless you. Basically, they're making you out to be God. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I think I've got what I would like to get for you. I was listening to a set of tapes by one man and he explained it like this. This kind of gets the point across. He said, why do people have such a fit about God calling his creation, his creation, his man, not his whole creation, but his man, little gods. And it goes on. And doesn't the Bible say we are created in his image? Now you understand I'm not saying you are God with a capital G. That is not the issue here. So don't Go trying to stone me or yell blasphemy at me. The Bible says right here, John ten thirty four, and Jesus answered, Is it not written that in your law I say we are gods? So men are called gods by the law. Now is this Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar, or T D Jakes? Well, I know that at least two of them have referred to this very statement. And I'm going to wager that it is Creflo Dollar. It was Joyce Meyer. It was Joyce. Okay. And what's wrong with saying we're little gods? We're created in his image. Well, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the things that's wrong with this is that it says you are God. Mm -hmm. But the Bible makes it clear there is one God, one true God. Mm -hmm. And that is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the triune God. Mm Mm-hmm. So, knowing that there is only one true God, and all the other gods that we see in the Bible have the little g given to them, Mm -hmm. and the little g is given to us as well in there, what do we notice about all of the little g gods in the Bible? They're false. They uh, ascribe to themselves power that belongs only to God. That's correct. There's only one true God. So... Joyce Meyer and Creflo Dollar also made mention of this. The little G God that we are, we are false gods. We are not really God. We like to think we are. We like, to, And we like to, like I said, ascribe to ourselves the power that is only given to God. And that's where you'll see like religions like um, where people get into like witchcraft mm-hmm. is they're desiring that power that can only come from God, but they don't want God. Right. They want the power. They don't want the person. Mm-hmm. Well. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> so, yes, it, it's idolatry it, is what it is. Trying to make yourself out to be God. Trying to make a God in your own image exactly. instead of the image of the one true God. Do not be deceived. Right. There's only one God. Only one. You are not him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, 
That is it for our first round of Name That Heretic. I think this was fun. I think it was a good first time. And it's interesting to kind of guess. I mean, we know a little bit about different false teachers and their theologies. But, you know, like with this last one, there was a couple that had the little gods mm-hmm. uh, theology. So <laughs> right. it, it was actually one that I had considered using, mm-hmm. but I decided not to. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks for listening to Name That Heretic. If you disagree with anything we've said, please repent and believe the gospel (laughs) and also contact us and we'll share the gospel with you. But until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Ryan. I'm Elaine. May God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Faith and Family Radio Show. Please share our program with others and leave feedback on social media. Do you have a subject that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode? Let us know at faithfamilyradio.com or by calling 513-900-8070. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.